I believe before this service is over, some of you are going to have an encounter with God. It's the will of God that when we come together, it's God's will that when we come together, that we would create an atmosphere where He could manifest Himself. Jesus said, if you love me, then the Father and I will come and we will manifest ourselves to you. And that means that God comes in a way that you can know He's real and He's alive. And God comes by His Spirit and you can feel Him on your flesh. You sense the presence of God. And, and, and God comes and confirms us that we're not just believing fables. He comes and does great things in our life. Last Sunday, we got a testimony from Debbie Peterson. And, and, and I'm just glad that Deb, God is still a miracle-working God. Amen. She sent us a testimony. She came up for prayer at the end of service after Pastor Cole preached that great message last week and encouraged us. And then we just went rock star and uh, pulled out the Tom Petty song and we won't back down. Amen. That's true. That was a prophetic song. I mean, Tom, Tom needs to get saved, but it was still a prophetic song. Amen. And uh, so in that, but we're praying for people. And uh, Debbie came up, and uh, we just prayed for her and just took a stand. Didn't pray anything specific. But then she sent us an email, and she had had a growth on her lymph gland that was growing. She sent an email, and uh, that thing disappeared. It just disappeared. She said it completely gone. Amen. So God is still a miracle-working God. She goes tomorrow to the doctor who had been doing it, and measuring it to get confirmation. Praise the Lord. So we're looking forward to that. Amen? People go, well, I don't know. I think we're just a swollen thing there. That's what I think. Bless God. Well, good for you. God bless you and your skepticism. Amen. I believe that He's still a miracle-working God. Amen? Praise the Lord. So this morning we want to talk to you a little bit about being people of influence and increase. It's the will of God that you be a person of influence. That's God's will for your life, every one of us, to be a person of influence. And uh, I'm enjoying this. Last Sunday night we got to go down and uh, been challenging me and things I've been reading over the last several years and asking God to do things in my life. But uh, in this area, Brother Winky Pratt, and I shared it Tuesday night with the church, but I was able to pick up the new Revival Study Bible that's out. I have tons of Bibles, but I, th this is a, a new one and, and going a new direction. It's a compilation in here of, uh, the, uh, of just people who have been in revivals, studied about revivals, historians and research things, and then quotes and events and accounts of things that happened during revivals, all the way back through hist the history of the church, all the way up to some of our present day moves of God and some of the awakenings that we've had. And so I love some of the things that are in there. And in the footnotes for our passage of Scripture this morning, uh, there's a, a, a uh, note that is there about what it means to be salt in life. And this is written by Mal Fletcher, who uh, started a work in Australia with young people. Started out with 80 young people in Australia. And over a period of years, in about 10 years, it grew to 80,000 young people. And uh, moving and creating an influence. And now he is based out of Denmark and Europe and that. And preaching and challenging us in, 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 in a, the culture that we're in. But to think back towards biblical principles for the culture that we live in. And I think over 10,000 churches have been birthed out of that movement through young people. And God raising up another generation. But he says this. It's on the cover of your outline. When Jesus calls someone to follow him, he does not invite them to take part in some small work. How many would agree? That, that to say yes to the Lord, to come to Christ, to say yes to Jesus, to understand as we're singing that live and He loved me, die and He saved me. He saved me, not just so I could live small, but He calls us to something great. To live great. He doesn't call us to some small work unworthy of their time or energies. He invites them to become the salt of the earth, the light of the world, a city set on a hill which cannot be hidden. He commands them to lay down their life in order to find life. In short, to take up a position of influence in society to become world changers by allowing the reality of a living Christ to permeate every word, work, and relationship. How I many you know that is a great statement? That is essentially what Christianity is, that God comes into our life and He calls us to be people of influence or agents of change. 
in our world. But not just, listen, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill. How many know that's large influence? That's not small, but that's huge and large impact. The purpose of God is for each one to be a person of influence in our day, to our world and within our sphere of influence for the glory of God. We are to be a preserving and enlightening influence in our world. When we when we are there, there, when we are, there is an increase that flows through our lives and, in connected, and is connected to our influence. Look inside of your outline there. God has given us the keys to the kingdom to use in our life. When Jesus said to His disciples, Who do men say that I am? In Matthew 16, they said, Well, some say you're this, some say you're that. And Jesus said, But who do you say I am? And they said, Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And from now on, you were Simon, but you shall be called Peter. And upon this rock, the revelation of who I am, not Peter being the rock. Hello, one church has said that Peter's the rock. Peter's not the rock. The rock is a revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Amen. Amen. And so on the rock of this revelation... I will build my church that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'll build my church on that rock foundation. And behold, I will give you the keys of the kingdom that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on, in heaven will be loosed on earth. Amen? And so those things are happening. Those are kingdom principles that God's given us. These are the truth and the principles of God's Word to be used and applied to our life. When we do so, there is nothing hell can do to stop our influence or to hold back our increase for our glory. When we are using those keys that Jesus has given to us, when we are living by and standing on the Word of God and applying those principles to our life, hell cannot prevail against us. Are you with me this morning? Hell can. He said, I will build my church and hell will not prevail or advance against it. That's a surety to it. But it means that we're, we're applying that. We are living by that. So one of the key principles of the Word is that influence produces increase. So what Jesus said, and we're going to read it again there in Matthew chapter 5. Turn there if you would, if you haven't turned there yet. Verse 13. Let's just read it together. Verse 13, He said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good then for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So that's a declaration that we are to be a people of influence. And if we do that, if we live with that influence in our life, increase always follows influence. You take any business, any corporation, if you can increase your influence into the marketplace, you will increase your revenue. Increase follows influence. And that's a biblical principle that God gives to us to live by. And Jesus makes that declaration over our life. So if we live our lives for ourselves, we close the door on many opportunities. I'm just going to live for my... I don't care about influencing anybody. I'm not going to be the salt of the earth. I'm going to be the salt of me. I'm not going to be the light of the world. I'm just going to walk in enough light for me. Then I'm closing myself off from a multitude of opportunities. Would you agree? Closing myself off from that. But when we live to influence others, we create opportunities for increase. It's an amazing truth that happens. So as we read there, according to what Jesus declares, every Christian is called to influence or to affect the lives of those around them and the world in which they live. Every believer is called to do that. You, he said, you are the salt of the earth. You're light. So you're called to influence those that are around you. Salt and light are two different agents, but they have this in common. They influence everything that comes in, they come in contact with. Would you agree? It, salt, in, if it comes in contact with them, it influences it. You put it in water, it changes water. You go to the dentist, he says, gargle with salt water. I don't like to, it tastes terrible. 
but it influences the water. You put it on food, it influences food. You, you put it in a wound, ah! <laughs> Amen? It in, whatever it comes in contact with, it has an influence. Are you with me? Light does the same thing. Think about it. We can agree that whatever they touch, they change. Amen? Salt changes the taste or flavor of food, preserves things from spoilage, and can cause pain in an open wound. Before we had refrigeration, how did they preserve meat? They saw to preserve it, and, 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 and it, it kept out bacteria for a short period of time, not forever. But, but, but it, it had preserving factors to it. And so it was used in that manner, so it preserved, it protects, and, and then in a wound, it, it, it's not the best antiseptic, but if you have an open wound, it will cause the blood to coagulate. So it does have some virtues for that. doesn't feel good. It's kind of like the old iodine thing. Mom would get out. How many remember iodine in the little glass dipper thing in the bottle? And, you know, you wanted to break the glass thing so she couldn't use it again? Amen. So, amen. But, so salt doesn't always feel good. Amen? It tastes good. And some people respond to truth like that. But Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Some people come to church and say, Pastor, I felt good before I came here. That's just because you heard some salt. You had a wound in your spirit and we poured a little in to help you. Amen. It's good. You'll like it. Stick around. And then light. Light penetrates darkness, exposes what is covered and it reveals, it exposes what is covered by darkness, reveals what is hidden and concealed for good or for bad. Light, light, light reveals what's hid for good or for bad. It preserves and protects from danger. How many think you know where everything is in your house until you try to walk around in the dark? Ow! I mean, and you go around the bed and just that little corner, that little corner catches your little toe. And two littles have a huge encounter. And just a little light would have made a little difference to your little toe. Praise the Lord. But it changes. Light changes the environment and causes us to think, see things we did not know were there. Light helps us to see things that we didn't know were there. Now before we come to Christ, we don't think we need any salt. We don't think we need any light. We don't know that we're decaying. We don't know that, 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 that things are attacking us. We don't know that we need to be preserved. And when we're walking in darkness, everybody else is walking the same way. So it seems natural. Amen? But if we live our lives in the dark, we will constantly be running into things that otherwise could have been avoided. So though they're different, they both... They are both change agents and influence their environments with change. Would you agree? Salt and light are both change. And they influence their environment with change. You cannot get around it. Think about it. That is exactly what Jesus is saying to us in this passage. We are to be agents of change, not secret agents. You cannot secretly put salt on food. Oh, I didn't think you'd notice. How many know when food is salted and when it's not? How many notice that salt makes a change? So you can tell when salt is present. Does anybody know when you're present? That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, You are the salt of the world. You are the light of the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Think about it. So we're to be agents of change, not secret agents. Come on. If we went to work tomorrow and showed up and said, hey, I am a believer. I'm a Christian. Would everybody around go, no. Not you. No, we don't, we don't want that to happen. Jesus said, that's not the way that should happen. They should know. So we're not to go unnoticed through life, affecting no change for the kingdom of God. 
So I've said this, but can you apply salt to food or a wound and it go unnoticed? No. Can you turn on a light, open a shade, pull back a curtain and let light in and it goes unnoticed? No. Can I be a true believer and walk through this world and go unnoticed, affecting no change in those around me? Let me read that again. Can I be a true believer and walk through this world affecting no change around me? No. So if I'm a believer, Jesus said, I'm an agent of change. And where I go, I influence. And when I learn how to walk in that influence, that influence produces increase. One thing is I'm studying and, and, and going through things lately. I'm looking back. And, and as pastoring all these years, I found out a lot of people get frustrated because they say, well, the word isn't working for me. And so the influence they're looking for is in their little sphere. But when I, Jesus said, I didn't come just to influence your little sphere. I came for you to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And when you do that, an increase will flow through your life to enable that to happen. Thank you for that holy hush. So Jesus is declaring that we to be change agents in our generation. Turn back to the cover. I want you to read this just one more time. What a powerful statement. And I'm thinking, because I read the stories of these guys and what they did. I just want to read you this. Mal Fletcher, born 1957. Four years younger than me, two years uh, older than my wife. Author, co-founder of Youth Alive Australia, director of Next Wave International and 2020 Plus Australia, Holland, and England. Fletcher was one of the original architects and first national director of Youth Alive, the Australia Awakening that began with 80 young people as a denominational youth group. Within a decade, the group exploded into national interdenominational movement of over 80,000 young people and birthed tens of thousands of churches. Fletcher served over the past decades in Europe, ministering out of Denmark and London with creative and penetrating presentations to both church and national media to prepare the way for intelligent evangelism and plow the ground toward revival in cynical cultures. How many know we live in a cynical culture? Amen. But he, this is the guy, and God's done something in our life, and, and, and when he writes his footnote there, he says, Hey, every person, what he's saying, he's agreeing with the Lord. Every person can be a person of influence. I'm telling you, our county is waiting and God is trying to stir our church. This county is waiting for some salt and some light. The people on your job are looking for some salt and light. The people in the marketplace are looking for salt and light. And God has already declared over your life and my life, we are the influencers of our day and our age. Praise the Lord. Called to be. Think about it. That's who we are. So Jesus declares that to us. Salt and light are never neutral. How many don't want to make anybody uncomfortable? Can I just find that middle ground? And then we go, well, you know, I, I just, I, I'm a peacemaker. I'm a peacemaker. That's who I am, a peacemaker. I don't, I don't want to create no waves. So, if, if you shook salt, would it go, I don't want to change anything. If you turned on a light, would the light go, oh, oh, I want to shine, but I just don't want to influence. I don't want to change the environment. I don't want to expose anything. See, sometimes... We come up with that. I'm a peacemaker to bail out. It's our parachute. I can bail out, hopefully land safely. Amen? Without any consequence. But God said, be soft. We're not neutral. The idea that the Christian life is some nice little quaint life that does not affect others does not come from Scripture. Could I get amen? I put down there. That's a quote from Pastor Casey Treat. The idea, listen, the idea that salt and light are neutral, 
The idea that the Christian life is some nice little quaint life that does not affect others, does not come from Scripture. We are to be salt and light, change agents. Think about it. We are the salt. We are the light. If the world around us is going to be preserved and enlightened, flavored and protected, it will be so because we are effective influencers for the kingdom of God. Hear me this morning. Why is this so important to the Lord? Look, he, he's, he's sitting on the mountain. People are following him. He, and he's sitting down. He's teaching this multitude that is there. He's telling them, you're blessed for this and you're blessed for that. And, and you're ble- poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are they that, that, that are pure in heart. But blessed are the meek. And he, go, he goes through all this stuff. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after I, and, the, and then he gets down here. Hey, you're the salt and you're the light. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father. Jesus makes this statement more than just a casual suggestion. He says that if the salt loses its flavor, look what he said in verse 13, if the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. Oh, that's pretty rough. I would never say that. Jesus said that. I'm much nicer than he is. I wouldn't say things like that. But Jesus said, if we lose our flavor... She said, you're good for nothing. That's kind of rough. He said, the purpose of salt is to influence. He said, our light was not to be hidden under a basket called the church. What happens is we come in and we think as long as we come together and shine, we're doing all right. Push that forward. Ooh, nice light. (laughs) Woo! Isn't that awesome? Watch you do it. This is cool. Why? You are the light of the world. (laughs) Woo! Wow! That is awesome! Who are we affecting? Nobody! We are two lights impressing ourselves. Light wasn't made for light. Turn off all the lights in here. Out there. Close those doors. Turn everything off. Fake light. Look at a little bit of light. And those who sat in darkness, you, this is your world. This is where we live. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Those who sat in darkness. That's a lot of work to make that light shine. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, it'll stay on without you pumping it. This is for the Baptist church. They've got to do this. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, I have come that you might have power. Make you the light of the world. I've come that you might be a witness in power. Not so you can get two little lights together. Woo! Okay, turn the lights back on. Are we doing Okay. So, if you get to heaven, and the Lord said, what'd you do for me? I went to church every week. Woo! I hung out in the light. Are you with me? But while we're in here doing this, turn all the lights off again. Close that door. Turn these off. Leave that off. We're not putting anything up. We need to see a logo. What? While we're doing this, this is where the world is. And people around us are groping in the darkness. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is where you live. God brought you here today. He brought you here because... He wants to influence your life with light. 
He's the light of the world. He's sought to preserve you. If you're here today and you don't know Him, there's a decay that's upon your life. And Jesus said, if you will receive Me, I bring preserving. He's our Savior. He saves us when His grace is applied to our life. It preserves us from... Listen, listen to what He said. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe on Him would not perish but be preserved with eternal life. Not short-time preservation, eternal preservation. But our whole world around us is living right here, right now. When you go to work, the people you work with are living right here. You go to the grocery store, everybody in that store is living right here. Amen? Okay, turn a few lights back on. But if we come into the church... See, the devil sold us a lie. Listen, guys, the devil's told us a lie. He says, as long as we come together and let our light so shine among each other. Somebody goes, wow, you're really a cool Christian. If we just shine on each other. That's not why He gave us light. He didn't say you are the light to other lights. Amen? Walk with me through a few Scriptures. Go with me to John chapter 1. Or excuse me. Go with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Are you with me this morning? John chapter 8 and verse 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I'm the light of the world. And he who follows me will not walk in darkness. You and I are to follow the Lord Jesus. And when we are, we're walking in light. But if I'm not following Him, I'm walking in darkness. I don't know where I'm going. I'm guessing. Do you know the whole world around? Before I got saved, I was, the best I had was a good guess about life. I just had a good guess and hope everything would turn out. But now I know exactly where, because I'm walking in light. David said, your, your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path that directs me. Are you with me this morning? Go with me to John chapter 1 now. Watch this. John chapter 1 and verse 4. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Think about it. Darkness didn't understand it. When you try to talk to people and show people, they don't understand it. It goes on to say that He came unto His own and they didn't receive Him. Sometimes you try to be light to people and they don't receive you. That's okay, keep shining. Shine to somebody. Somebody will receive the light. Amen. Je- Jesus didn't get discouraged. He says, I came my own. They didn't receive me. Okay, then I'll go over here and shine over here. He even told them. He says, others will come and receive. You don't want the light? Others will receive it. But he says he's reaching and looking for those who will respond to the light. Praise the Lord. Go with me, if you would, to uh, John chapter 12. In verse 35, Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have light, lest darkness overtake you. And he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Jesus said, Hey, walk in the light while you have the light. And take it for granted. We have the, come on, this is the day, this is the time to be walking in the light. Would you agree? Praise the Lord. One last scripture. Go with me, if you would, to Psalms 34. Jesus said our light was to so shine before men that they would see 
our good works. See our good works. Light doesn't mean just coming up to people and saying, You're bad, repent. You're bad. How many know that's obnoxious? (laughs) You need to change. I'm an agent of change. You need to change. I'm influencing you. Get right with God. There's no hope for you. Get right with God. That's that's what we do sometimes. We point to people. Oh, they're lost. That never happened. Jesus said, "How, how do you let your light shine? He says, come and do good. Do good. Do good. Help the poor. Your eyes okay? (laughs) Help the poor. Feed the hungry. Care for the homeless. Be involved. Influence somebody with good works. So that people may see your good works. and Your your good works are the light. Your works are the light. What you do among men is what shines. Not you going, that's a sin, that's a sin, that's a sin, that's a sin, that's a sin. He said, no, just shine amongst them, flavor them by doing good to them. Read your Gospels, you'll never find Jesus walking up to anybody saying, you have sin in your life. Get right. I didn't what he said. He came to the man at the pool of Bethesda you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? And the man says, how can I? I have nobody to help me. And Jesus said, I'll help you. Get up. The guy gets up. And he catches, now watch, he catches him later. And he says, hey, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. But at first, He just said, did good to him. And God's empowered you and I. If I'm a Christian, I'm empowered to do good. I'm I'm empowered to bring the flavor of God's goodness to somebody's life. To touch somebody with his good. To season them with his good. Amen? And when we do that, when we influence people, how many know that kind of influence? Everywhere Jesus went, now why? Everywhere he went doing good, Multitudes followed him. More for his good works than for what he said. Are you with me? And so influence always produces increase in our lives. If the only people who know that we are Christians are the other Christians we go to church with, then we are not agents of change. Who else in, in my circle knows I'm a believer? Who else on my block? Who else in my school? Who else in, 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 on my job knows that I'm a believer? Besides maybe another believer. Do any unbelievers know? Are you with me? Think about this. The time for the salt to be shaken out of its shaker and for the light to be let out of its closet has come. Do you agree? Watch it. I love you. I get corny illustrations. This is church today. I need, I, I, need, I need five church people. Give me you guys up here. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, yeah, start over there. I'll, I'll five you first five. Okay. okay, I'll turn around. Okay. You're cool. You go to the Crystal Cathedral. <laughs> you belong to a holiness church. You belong to a new age church. You belong to a poor church. <laughs> You belong to a black church. Now what? Now what we do, what we do is we think the shaker makes the difference. I go to the Crystal Cathedral. It's not, it's a a shaker. Not a container. Okay? And then these guys over here think, 
We need more salt. <laughs> they have too many. Ta-da, we evangelized. We're, re we're, we're reaching our, our, our church is growing. We're reaching our world. Wow, we're really growing. Salt transfer is not church growth. It's envy, jealousy, and pride. Amen? But it doesn't matter. It, do it doesn't matter. The key is for salt to get out. Now, man, if, if we put all this salt together, what would it change? What would it change? Amen? What would change? See, some of you keep thinking this is pepper. No, it's not. <laughs> it totally is. It totally <laughs> Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. Old things pass away. Looks like pepper, takes like pepper. It is now salt. Okay? It's a new creature in Christ Jesus. Dark on the outside, saved on the inside. Eminem believer. Okay. All right? Now watch. So if we combined all this salt together, what would we have done to our world? Nothing. Watch this. Everybody go, we should get all the churches together. Why? The world's going to hell. The church needs to be in unity. Okay, put all the, put all the salt together. What did we accomplish? Nothing. Nothing. Jesus said, you are the salt of the world. Salt is good for nothing. Good for nothing if it stays in the shaker. Amen. It has to be applied. It's a, it's a Pentecostal holiness church, huh? They're radical. They do that. <laughs> it scares people. Amen? But it's not about getting together. Salt on salt. Look at your outline. Stay there, churches. Amen. Think about it. If salt comes in contact with salt, does it change its flavor? If salt comes in contact with salt, is anything being changed? If light shines on light, is darkness being changed? If we just shine on each other, are we changing anything? No. Jesus said, you are the salt of the world. Earth. You are the light of the world. So affect change. Okay, take your little shakers and sit down. We think, now look it. The shaker is the place. Write this down in your notes on the back. Salt is gathered, refined, crushed, Made ready and prepared. Salt is gathered, refined, crushed, made ready, prepared for use. Salt is gathered, refined, crushed, and made ready. You know, they have the pepper grinders, but they also now have the salt grinder. But the chunkies of rock salt in there and you grind the sea salt and stuff. Cool. Because, you know, one big, one big rock of salt is like gnarly, nasty. But you grind it down into fine powder. Okay. So it has to go through that grinding process. You know what the shaker's for? It's for gathering. It's for refining. It's for crushing. It's for preparing for use. What's church for? It's where God gathers in salt. And when He brings us in, He begins to refine us. He begins to work on us and crush us down where we become fit to be used by the Master. Amen? Refines us and prepares us so we can be seasoning for the world around us. Not just to gather us in and hold us in here, but He uses us. Amen. All the ants will love the communion cracker clumped with all that salt on there. It would be awesome. Amen. So the truth is, hear me this morning, 
There's a contaminating agent in the world and a darkening influence that is spoiling and blinding the lives of those around us. And we're the salt that preserves and the light that exposes the danger. It's who we are. In our world right now, there's a contaminating agent. People are, and, 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 and they're just being contaminated. There's nothing they can do about it. You know, it's amazing that if, that, that if you put a piece of food of any kind, if you just leave it sit out, what happens? It spoils and decays. Can you stop that? Not really. You, you can postpone it for a season. You can put it in a vacuum seal bag. You can freeze it. But then it gets freezer burned and all the moisture sucked out of it. That's no good. But you can't stop the decaying process. And that's in the world. The only way to do that is to be transformed, to be changed from death to life. And you and I, when God comes, if you're here today and you're trying to live for God, without walking in the light, without having salt applied to you, you're still decaying. He comes to be the salt of your life, to preserve you. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn anybody. And it's so important that we learn that, that as a church, if, if we can quit looking at, I've heard Christians say this over the years, I, 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 I don't want to work in the world anymore. Where do you want to be? I want to work among Christians. I want to work with believers. I want to be out of the influence of the world. Why? They're vile. No, they're dying. They're perishing. They need salt. And they need light. They're stumbling. So if we, if we take all the light out of the world and we all become Christians, Christian businessmen and women and we only hire Christians. In fact, I believe this. If you hire more sinners, you probably have more faithful employees. Because Christians who work for Christian bosses think the Christian boss should have all kinds of grace for them so they can be all kinds of flaky. I should get a big amen right there. Because some of the worst people you can hire are Christians when they know you're a Christian employer. Pastor, you're meddling. It's my job. Amen. So, but I I don't want to be around. I don't get around. No. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And if we would begin to spread our influence... Amen? Bill, you come back to the keyboard. We'll begin to spread our influence. Something will happen. I read a statement a year and a half ago. By a pastor. I've talked, I brought it up different times. But if our church just believed, if we just believed as a church, that every week, this body right here, that we could have influence for the kingdom of God on just two people. Just two. That every week when we come together, two people would either accept Christ in our service or somebody will have led them to the Lord through the week. If we believe that. Do you know just our church right here in El Dorado County? We have about, nobody ever shows up all the time. But we go through everything. We have between 350 and 400 people that say this is their church home. So if we take the low side, if we just did that, two people, that would mean, if we just saw two, that's a hundred people a year. Isn't that amazing? people and then if maybe if we challenge ourselves what if I believed that I could influence two people a week just two not 200 
Just two. God, use me to be salt to two people on my campus this week. God, don't let me think that just because I belong to this church. And see what we think, if, if, if we get too much pressure, if we come in and God starts refining me too much, demanding me to be an influence and a changer, I'm going to go to this other church. They don't ask nothing of you over here. As long as you show up and help them with a few dollars, they're happy. I'm going over there. Amen? That's what God does to those believers. Is this all right this morning? But think about that. If we did that, if we thought that, what if we did that one week? Do you know in one week, if we did that, if we said, if we fasted, if we prayed for our county, if we could really see, if God really, everybody turn off all the lights again. Bill's good enough to play by ear, not by sight. If we said, God, show us our world. Show us our world. God, let me see the people around me. See, it's a little dark. Now close your eyes. Now it's really dark. Lord, let me see the people around me. Right now this morning, you might be sitting next to somebody that's trying to walk in darkness like this. They've heard about God. And you're here today and you're you're seeking the Lord. But in all honesty, you're trying to find your way through darkness. You're, you're afraid of letting go and trusting God. Something's held you back from saying yes to God with your life. Something keeps you from that place of saying, God, I'm perishing. Yeah, I, I need your preserving power in my life. I need your light to direct me. I'm stumbling. I'm running into things. It's not working. God, I need you in my life. But if we as a church begin to pray, say, God, show us the darkness of our world. Show us people trying to make it through life. God, begin to open our eyes and would lead us to people who would receive the light. Give me some light right here if you would, guys. I want you to listen to this. We are the salt that preserves and the light that exposes the danger. Everybody isn't going to like it when you pour salt into their wounds caused by sin. We don't like it at first. Is everybody going to be happy when your light exposes their works of darkness? No. Is that a reason for us to hide? No. Will people perish and be destroyed if we don't? The answer is yes. I'm loving this Bible. It just has these quotes and these notes interjected. But each chapter of the Bible is written. I mean, the beginning of each book of the Bible has an introduction. And it's written from a revival perspective. And Lamentations is the book written by Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah warned Israel. He says, hey, you've turned away from the light of God. And you've gone after everything that the world has to offer. And God is bringing judgment. Come back to God. And they wouldn't hear Him. And so captivity comes and people are afraid. And at the end of the captivity, Jeremiah is looking around. And he sees this. And this is the way they wrote the introduction. Lamentations 1 and verse 12 says, Is it nothing to you, all that pass by? And they said, Learn this. Nothing honestly touches us until we're reduced to tears. We get used to the tramp. This rocked me. Listen to this. We get used to the tramp of Christless feet into hell. 
and our hearts are still calloused and hard until we get a revelation of just how much sin really costs God. Our sin was so expensive, so costly, that God had to give His Son. When I see how much He paid to preserve us, to rescue us, and to deliver us, then it moves us. Jeremiah saw it. The city destroyed. The people cut off their roots from their roots and their homes, their real homes. The nation broken, shamed, and scattered. He had warned them again and again, but His message fell on deaf ears. And He came across as some ignorant outsider. Now He stands alone amidst the desolation of the revelation. And all that was lovely is laid waste and burned with fire. And He cries. Revivals are born in tears. Somewhere, someone hears and sees and cares enough to cry. Dry eyes and hard hearts go hand in hand. Read the accounts of the revivals and the awakenings. You'll find that someone, somewhere, was weeping. God needs our influence to touch others and bring increase to His kingdom. You and I are here today, and I'm just telling you as your pastor, I sense God stirring us like never before that we are to be salt and light to this county. I believe El Dorado County. I believe everything that's happening in our world right now. People are looking at where's this, where's that. The whole hope and change thing didn't work. All the people's hopes, expectations, everything people have trusted in is falling apart. All the world needs is for some believers to rise up. Be salt and light. Be agents of change. And just show up and do good. Just be there. God will use you. Sometimes it's just that word that God brings you. And hear me today. God will use you with words of knowledge. You'll find yourself in a place, in, a, in, a, in an encounter. Cole shared it the other day. He just standing there and the young guy came up and began to talk to him. And, 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 and he began to minister to him. And God used him. People just open up if we position ourselves for God. If you're here today, if you're here today, and you've been trying to make it through the darkness, you've been trying to preserve you, you've been doing everything in your power to preserve your life. You've exhausted all your knowledge. You are literally at your wit's end. I feel like I'm talking to somebody today. You're just at your wit's end. You come to church, you hear about God, but releasing, letting go, and accepting His forgiveness, His restoration, His life. He's calling you. Holy Spirit's pulling on your heart. That's you today. While Bill just keeps playing, now she raised her hand. But there's some light right here. There's some light right here. And you could leave that darkness right there. And you could come and say, Lord, I'm going to walk in the light. That you just move to this light right now. 